just so you know, turning it on is a good thing. Good morning, church. I'm Pastor Lisa. I want to welcome you to worship this morning. We have the lovely privilege of getting to hear Pastor Peyton preach this morning. Um, So I'm sure you're in for a treat. But before we do that, we're going to start off our worship with worshiping Abba's song. If you'll please stand and join us.
may be seated. Thank you, God, that you call us friend. We're going to bow our heads and our hearts this morning and join in our opening prayer. As we come together, united in our worship of you, Lord, we pray for your perspective. We so deeply desire to see people the way you do, with eyes of mercy and grace. You know us well, Lord. You know we so often center our thoughts on selfish things. Help us to set aside our personal agendas and our self-serving motives and align our hearts with the intentions of your will. Through your Holy Spirit, help us to be sensitive to your leading in our lives, especially where issues of justice are concerned. Help us to be the instruments of your peace. Watch over our hearts, our minds, and alert us to opportunities where we can share the good news of your truth. In our everyday lives, give us your eyes to see all things and all people through your filter of grace so that we can be a positive influence on our families, our friends, our communities, our nations, our world, in your honor. Help us reflect wholly your goodness and fairness. May we in love confront and expose inequalities and offer support, comfort, and voice to victims of injustice. Lord, we offer a special prayer for the people of Cuba this morning. Help justice to be served. We pray the words of the Apostle Paul over our lives, our minds, and our hearts. As he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so we turn to our worship and our praise of you, Lord, with love and gratitude, for you are certainly true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and worthy of our praise. We pray all of this as your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Please be seated. Our mission moment this morning um, is, is all about the Redbird mission. Uh, the Methodist Church has several missional conferences, and Redbird is one of those. It's located in Kentucky, and they do so much good. I had the opportunity to go there and actually get to see them in action, and it was a wonderful, eye-opening trip about all they do in the community. So I'd like to share this brief video with you. Redbird Mission means hope for thousands of people living in rural Appalachia. Our rugged mountainous region is a place of beauty. However, chronic poverty, substandard housing, and lack of opportunity are challenges that we face every day. Since 1921, our mission has been meeting critical needs in education, healthcare, housing, and emergency assistance. We've witnessed remarkable success by training our next generation of leaders. Our Christian-based education gives a foundation for students in the Appalachian region and students coming from outside of the United States. I feel that God wanted me to do that. I never leave here feeling like I've not grown spiritually. There's never a level of satisfaction here, spiritually or academically. We're continuing to strive and uh, we keep growing in those areas and I really like that and would love to do that for young people myself. When I came here I wasn't a Christian and I realized that like everything I had gone through in my past like it was for a reason and why I came to Redbird was for a reason. We want to inspire and develop Christian leaders out of our local, national, and international students. Redbird Mission is a place where people can live their faith through service. We have a variety of projects that volunteers can get involved with regardless of skill. Substandard housing is epidemic in our region. Many volunteers make a difference by improving homes and creating a safe, warm, and dry environment for families and children. It means a lot to me. And the way I am, I need help. We're called to love uh, and care for uh, others. I think we need to spend more time thinking about other people than ourselves. Sometimes all it takes is a small hand up for a family in need. An unplanned emergency can quickly cause a crisis for families. Elderly families are particularly at risk. Our mission utilizes the funds and gifts in kind that we receive from donors all over the country to make a difference. It takes all the resources pulled together to help meet the needs of uh, the local community. It's difficult in southeastern Kentucky when 38% of the population is living in poverty. Over 25% of individuals live with a disability and it's a 10% unemployment rate. So there's so many challenges and struggles. We have to all work together. On behalf of every family we serve in the mountains, we would like to say thank you. Your gifts of time and resources make a tremendous difference for children and families in need. To find out how to become involved with our mission, please visit us online at www.rbmission.org. So one of the fun things that we get to do is um, we do our 10 for 10 every summer where we highlight a different mission for 10 weeks. And we ask that you throw them a, an extra $10. For most of us, that doesn't make a big difference. For the people there, it makes a huge difference. Um, so you can do that by giving online or through the church office. But the other fun thing we do is here in South Florida, we don't often get to buy um, the fun winter hats with a little pom-pom and, and mittens and gloves and scarves. Um, so what we do is we collect them throughout the month of July, and then we send them up to Redbird because it gets mighty cold up there. And so that way we get to indulge our little need to, to buy those winter items without having to keep them. So we will send them up for you. So um, please join us if you can and, and join them in praying for the people of Kentucky. And I want to welcome Pastor Peyton. It was a longer walk than I thought. But I didn't want to be out of breath, then that would be hard too. So welcome, welcome. One um, little mini announcement, it's a little self-serving, being the children, youth, and family pastor. 
I am excited to announce that we have been worshiping here together. And so we have a few people here. We have you guys out there. But starting August 1st, we are going to reboot our Sunday school program. So that Sunday, August 1st, will be the first Sunday that Sunday school is back in session in person. So I invite you, if you've been waiting for that moment, August 1st, circle it on your calendar. We are very excited to have that come back as we figure out how to live differently and newly in this COVID and post-COVID era. So thank you for indulging me there. This morning's scripture comes from the book of Ephesians, and it's Paul's letter to Ephesus, um, chapter 2, 11 through 22. Hear these words from the Common English Bible. So remember that once you were Gentiles by physical descent who were called uncircumcised, by Jews who were physically circumcised, and at that time you were without Christ. You were aliens rather than citizens of Israel and strangers to the covenants of God's promise. In this world, you had no hope and no God. But now, thanks to Christ Jesus, you once were so far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Christ is our peace. He made both Jews and Gentiles into one group. With his body, he broke down the barrier of hatred that divided us. He canceled the details rules of the law so that he could create one new person out of two groups making peace. He reconciled them both as one body to God by the cross, which ended the hostility to God. When he came, he announced the good news of peace to you who are far away from God and to those who were near. We both have access to the Father through Christ by one spirit. So now, you are no longer strangers and aliens. Rather, you are fellow citizens with God's people, and you belong to God's household. As God's household, you are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The whole building is joined together in him, and it grows up into a temple that is dedicated to the Lord. Christ is building in you a place for God lives through the Spirit. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us have ears to hear. So here's sort of the context and the culture of what we're in today. Jews and Gentiles are living in Ephesus. And as we know in the book of Ephesians, Paul talks to everyone. A few weeks ago, we looked at Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, where Paul told us that we were masterpieces. And it was clear in the language there in Ephesians that Paul was talking to Jews and to Gentiles. That this idea of being a masterpiece, being created for God's purpose in God's image, was not just for one, but it was for all. And so this is true today as we enter verse 11 to 22. This message is for both Jews and Gentiles, and it's actually put there in the very first verse. Remember, you were Gentiles by physical descent who were called uncircumcised by Jews who are physically circumcised. So Paul right there gives us two groups of people that could be at odds, but in this reconciliation verse pulls us together as one. Wow. What a world that might be if we could actually live with people that were different, that were diverse, that were from different descents and different origins and different cultures and had different ideas and beliefs. Oh, wait, we do. So this is a culture Paul is teaching us and has been teaching us since the beginning, a culture of belonging a place where all are welcome, a place that we can be different but be loved. We can have different ideas and beliefs but have a place to belong, a place to be accepted, a place to be welcomed. All belong here. And the title of our message today is God Lives Here, but my question is where is here? God lives here. Christ is building in you a place where God lives. But here, like in Dr. Seuss, is a questionable place. Where is here? 
So I think when we start to look at this, this section of reconciliation and this idea of God building in us a place where God lives through the Spirit and Jesus being the cornerstone of this place, this sounds a little adventurous. Because this here place, this place of hereness, so here's what I was thinking on the way here today, that whenever I am here, you are there, and your here is my there, and my here is your there, so how do we get here together? Like, really? Like, crazy, huh? I mean, think about that for a minute. Your here is my there, and my here is your there. So in order for us to be here and find out where God lives, we need to be here together. It's like an all-y'all thing. So get ready for an adventure today. So I have realized that when I go on adventures, I need a GPS. Thank goodness for GPS. Thank goodness for cell phones that have built-in GPS. I do remember the day of maps and having to know where you were going turn by turn and planning it out in advance. Yes, I am that old. But the GPS on your phone is this crazy thing because you can tell it where you want to go and it will give you this direct turn-by-turn -turn instruction of how to get there. And I have realized that I can get lost on my way home. You would think you would know where home was, just like you would think you would know where here is. But sometimes in my twists and turns of my day and my adventures of the day, I find myself looking around going, where am I? And then something somewhere will say, you are here. Where is here? How do I get home? How do I find my way back home? So the GPS is great. It takes over. It gives me a directed path from wherever I am to where I want to be. Instantly, I am connected with this voice that shows me the way. Hmm. Sounds like a really cool voice to have in terms of life, right? So let me tell you about this trip, this one adventure that I went on with my kids. So, yes, anytime we get in the car to go somewhere, we put in the destination as to where we're going into a GPS. We plug it into the car. We make sure that all chargers are there, all phones are charged, no matter what can happen, we have a direct access to that magical voice that will tell us exactly where we need to go. But on this one trip, we decided that although we were on a direct path where we were going, that we might need to get off this path for another little mini path. So, in the brilliance of technology, we decided that we were going to leave the one major phone on the direction we wanted to end up in no matter what. And then we would take another device and have it take us to the mini direction of where we were trying to go. And Siri, in her infinite wisdom, told us turn-by-turn -turn directions for both things. Well, you can imagine what happened next. So we're all talking and we're having fun in the car, but suddenly, as I was hearing voices, I was having a hard time determining which voice to follow, which direction to go, which path I was supposed to be on. And the whole idea of having the two phones, the two destinations, was to make sure that no matter what we chose on this little mini excursion, we didn't get too far off the original path. But as it became harder and harder to determine which path we were following, we realized quite soon that we needed to focus on, on the one true voice. So I think this is sort of where we find ourselves in Paul's letter today. Like we have two peoples that have this, this voice of God and this, this way of living and this sureness of how to get from point A to point B. And they're quite, quite different, but suddenly they're in the same place, hearing the same voice, going in the same direction. In verse 14, we hear this idea of believers, Jewish and non-Jewish, are united in their faith in Christ despite their ethnic disconnect. We find ourselves today in this place of not just Jews and Gentiles, but all kinds of different people of all kinds of different beliefs and all kinds of different places 
that have an ethnic disconnect ideally because we have come from different places to find ourselves here, wherever that is, united in our faith in Christ despite our differences. Paul's writing to the Ephesians makes it clear that the church, the church is not a, a group of people centered on the teachings of a human founder, but it is a, a, a here-ness. It's here, wherever here is, within us as peoples, of peoples of difference, of diversity, of ideas and, and cultures coming together in a oneness of reconciliation. So back to our trip. We have this GPS going with conflicting messages and it was easy to see that it was hard to see how to choose our path because the voices were the same, actually identical. But sometimes in life, don't we think we hear something that sounds like the voice of God leading us in one direction that we know doesn't seem quite right? It can be confusing if you can't focus in on the here and now and remember the path that you're on and discern, are you hearing how God is leading? Conflicting images, discerning right from wrong, this path to follow Jesus, peace, conflict, this is our reality every single day. Life seems to always be full of opposites driving us either in the direction of God or to a distraction, like on our trip with the GPS system. Our distraction was immediate gratification. We wanted food. This, this whole little side trip was to figure out what we could eat that we wanted to eat that was not too far off of our path. And if you know that my daughter Perry is a chef, we wanted good food. But we didn't want to take too long. But we didn't want to just go through any old stop. And we definitely did not want to just pull off at a gas station for a snack. So yes, we were going for immediate gratification. So our distraction, our, our deciding that we would stray a bit from the path that God had set before us was about finding something that we wanted physically. Hmm. There's a lot of truth in that on our daily lives, right? Sometimes what we want distracts us from the path that is taking us to unite together as peoples. I find that in, in this book to the Ephesians, Paul holds this constant tension in every realm of the before and the after. And in this case, it's the circumcised and the uncircumcised. It's the Jews and the Gentiles. It's this tension of these peoples that were separate, but they were brought together in Christ. The work is done in us by the hand of God to create in us the image of God. We are made in his image. We as a people are created in the image of God. In his vision for unity, in his vision for connectedness. In the world that we live in, we have this tension of diversity, right? That, that what makes us different makes us better together. And when we are together and we are working for a common goal, we have so much diversity to see so many opportunities that might not have been revealed otherwise. As a church, New Horizon right here in Southwest Ranches is a very diverse community. We have many tensions, not conflict, tensions in the diversity that exists within a few miles of where we live. And we find ourselves as a community, the hearness of who we are in a community, being called to many different roles, many different missions, many different ministries. Neither is superior to one or the other, but called to live in tension together as one. We remember what's going on in our world today throughout our community here, our friends in Cuba, and all over the world. We are called to live in community in tension with one another, not better or worse, different, connected. 
one body. We have many paths and many directions that our GPS, GPS will take us on to get here, leading us to connect with all kinds of people in all kinds of places, to gather, not in a building as a place of worship, but to gather as people creating a temple, a place where all are welcome, where all are served, and when the diversity of each of us is what makes us stronger together. So often in this world, we find ourselves being focused on finding a place to worship, finding a place that we are fed, finding something that does this for us or that for us. And it's almost like we want to go through a drive through and place our order. But the idea is that we are here. We are the here that God lives in. And, and in order for us to be that place of worship, we have to be the church as people. We have to hear the voice of God leading us. And yes, it could be new. It could be a place that we've never been before. We may have to stop and gather our bearings, and we may be a little bit confused here and there as to which path we go on, and the voices may be conflicting. But as long as we can connect with our GPS and follow his lead, you know, in, in seminary, Pastor Lisa and I had a professor, Dr. Brian Russell, who was an Old Testament um, expert. And I love Dr. Russell's teachings because he inspired me to fall in love with the Old Testament. The history and the poetry and how God moves and works through his people through time, through eternity, from the beginning until today. God is so alive and active in our world, and we can see him if we can just connect to the GPS. In this one book, that, and it's a study that I've done several times, and maybe we'll embark on that adventure again together, but it's this book called Invitation. It's one of my favorite studies because it, it paints this amazing picture from the beginning of creation until now, Old Testament and New Testament, all the way through Revelations to give you this snapshot and understand how God has been working, and then you can see how to hear the voice today. Yes, you can see how to hear. Just, I heard that. So here's a nugget from my GPS of invitation, and it's this idea of what is our guidance, our GPS for hearing God and seeing God in Scripture. See how that worked? Nice. So the G is God's mission. It's, it's the purpose that we are called to as God's people as the, the church. The church being here, the temple is us, and then the P is people. We are the people. We are people who live in community, who are diverse, have different ideas and beliefs and cultures, who are thrown together, and as the scripture tells us today, pulled together as one through Christ. And all of this, as verse 22 says, is done through the action of the spirit. So that's the S. We are spirit-driven and spirit-transformed. So our GPS in terms of scripture is all about God's mission for us, his people, based on the guidance of the spirit. That should be easy, right? It should be easy to focus in on that one voice, but it's not. We have to stay connected to our GPS. God is building in you a place he is working, molding, making us into something new. We are his masterpiece. God lives here. I can't think of this statement without thinking of the Lion King. And so many trips to Disney and looking at a map that says you are here. But in the Lion King, you have this, this particular image of Simba looking over into a pool of water, feeling completely lost, beaten, useless, worthless, not living up to his potential, sad, depressed, anxious. You can put any word on this feeling of Simba being completely deflated and defeated on the edge of the pond. And looking into the water and just wanting to see his father again. Rafiki, one of my favorite characters, 
bounces up with his little thing. With his little song, and stops. And then in his wise wisdom, he, he turns the water. And in this churning of the water, in this distortion of the water, you start to see that Simba sees the image of his father in the pond. And some of the greatest words ever uttered in Disney history are, he lives in you. He lives in you. We are the you. We are here. The church is the you. The church is the here. The community is the you. The community is here. Jesus is the cornerstone of our transformation, and we are made into the way of Christ. It's not about a building. It's about a feeling. It's about a connection. It's about a oneness of a community. Unity is based on the incorporation of diversity in groups and peoples into a new humanity, a new community in Christ. It's not about the place. The temple lives within us. We are the temple, the church, the body of Christ in the world. That is the here. God lives here. In all ways, we are being made into the reflection of God's grace, of God's love in the world through the Spirit. God lives here and here and all to the ends of the earth through the community that we reach digitally and individually and through friends and family to the ends of the earth, God lives here. Amen? Pray with me. Father God, maker of all new things, maker of the universe and maker of me, fill us with your spirit that we may be here where God lives present in all ways in the knowledge and faith that you are here living in us. We as your church, our dwelling place, may be your grace living in our world today. Let us not rest in a destination, but be focused on your voice for our journey. Let our GPS guide us to your people. Let us be unified and connected in all ways to your guidance for our journey. Let my worship be my service and life lived for your glory, and may we find our peace through Christ living here, today and all days. Amen. Won't you stand to your feet?
So we get an opportunity to give back in many ways. And I don't want to miss an opportunity to share with you how to continue the mission of what we do in this world through your prayers, through presence, and through your gifts. So you may always share online with all of your gifts that you would like to give to different ministries of the church, to Redbird. We know that each of us has limited resources. Choose where your heart is led. Hear how God is leading for you. And hear these words. Go in peace. Knowing God lives here. You are the here for those that you meet. So where you go, there the church is. Amen.